Jimmy Starr has been brought to the middle of the track. Shin hasn't pushed the button yet. He's like a statue in the 250. And Jimmy Starr slid up to Who Dares, who's full bore. Now he goes for Jimmy Starr. One slap, two slaps. It's two in front of Who Dares. And Jimmy Starr's going to power away. This is a nice Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Ah, why not have a bit of fun there with Jimmy Star? A star is born, is it? Maybe. A very, very, very good win. Audio, of course, courtesy of Racing.com and Matt Hill's fantastic call. And here's the thing to make your head roll off. There might have been a better performance at Rose Hill in Sydney on Sunday too. So to break it all down, Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Ralphie, how are you this morning? Oh, mate, I'm super. Well, the Group 1 start this week, and our preview podcast will be on too, but was that a Group 1 winning performance of a horse? Maybe not on Sunday, but as far as what he did on the clock, but is he a future Group 1 winner? Let's get straight into it. Jimmy Starr at Caulfield, race 10. It was the one that got everyone excited. Uh, saw, uh, saw uh, Matt Wells was straight there giving him an all-star mile invitation, and that's all part of the hype, fair enough. What did he do on the clock? What happened? He got an invitation. To the All-Star Mile, yeah, for winning a benchmark 84. But, uh, well, it's all marketing. That's all right. He's a good well, horse. Are they allowed to just do that? Just uh, This is RBI. I'll just say, right, you're in. Well, yes, because they've changed the uh, – there's no longer a vote. So, uh, Oh, okay. They, they, I think it's oh, – I don't read really overly – not much more than you do, Vince, which you worry about the horses. But uh, I think they, they can just decide who the field is, and he's got the invite. So, bang, he's in. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, his performance was fantastic, I guess. From that perspective, well, what did we end up with? We ended up with an overall performance 1.8 lengths above the benchmark. Best of the day. How was the breakdown? 0.6 above first section from the starting gates to the 800. 2.9 lengths above between the 8 and the 4. Smashing last 400 of 6.3, Ralphie. Last 400. Wow. Last 200. Well, last 200 was 3.6 above. And what about the last 1,200? Best of the day. Wow. So on your roars, you got 107.1. It was your, uh, is your last 1,200. And uh, speaking of the word raw, let me ask you this, because, you know, obviously the head rolls off when you see the raw time. And on your benchmarking, 9.9 lengths above benchmark raw time. So you've adjusted down to 1.8. But that, regardless of, uh, of of how much adjustment, what type of respect do you need to put when they can run that quickly? Oh, you've got to give it a lot of respect for sure, Ralphie. I mean, a the track was quick, but yeah. we've, we've we've taken that into consideration. I just love it when a horse can go from the jump of the gates to the finish line, all above benchmark and strongly. Like, there was no weakness anywhere with this horse. And I'm just sort of sitting back here trying to just understand a little bit how do 
well, I don't know how, how do horses evolve so dynamically, but this one's really this Jimmy Star. He is he could be a star, right? He could be because I went to the Matrix and it was very closely aligned. So the number just sort of all equals. Look out. So this is what we wrote after Cranbourne. Of course, we don't do Bendigo, but our, our sizzlers on Cranbourne. Just to put a bit of uh, context in it, minus 2.2 links below benchmark, ranked 25th on the day. That was Cranbourne Cup Day. Two yep. Australian starts for two wins, and after a Blake Sheen miracle Bendigo Cup Day, when benchmark ranked second day, here won easily with a bludge. Minus 9.8 out the 800 with only a slight increase going minus 3.1 mid-race. Let down with 5.6 last 400 and one untroubled. We expect him to sail past benchmark from here. Look forward to tracking his progress. We sail past benchmark, all right, Vince. 1.8 leagues above benchmark. Well, he, he really has. And that I guess the other thing is he's very versatile, Ralph, because you can see to have that sort of explosion off a fast pace, imagine what this horse is going to do if it runs any anything like what it did in its previous two runs where it can just sort of cruise without using no energy, I mean, the explosion is going to be huge. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I, you know, we, we try and use every every factor when it comes to pre- and post-race analysis. What, what got me here, Vince, was that Who Dares came off a terrific run at Flemington. Uh, I think off the top of my head, I think it was 1.1 links above benchmark at Fleminton. So you think, well, he's going to come to play. He's going to have a leader advantage track. There should be some support for it. Well, there was on the Thursday and Friday because he was as much as $10. And then he got into about four fifty, And then about 10 minutes before the race, I thought, I'll just check Betfair. And my head nearly rolled off. Jimmy Star, sixty. I thought, this horse is a superstar as far as what they think he, he can do. So that was what I thought that was the single pre-race. That's clearly the camp. And communicating to people who, and they'd like to bet those boys, said, this horse has improved out of sight. Oh, for sure. There's no question about that. And you're right, Ralphie, who dares is probably the underpinning of where the profile sits because this horse was a rock-solid sort of benchmark plus one range horse. And the way he disposed of him just sort of said, well, you're in, we're in different classes. Give us a bit of – for a bit of fun, as of today, what type of projection can you put on him? Well, have they indicated at all, Ralphie, where they might be looking distance-wise? Well, the All-Star Miles in two runs. So I would assume – and that's uh, – sorry, the, the only caveat I'll put on that, they, they have to accept it. The one, I suppose, factor they're going to be considering is that if, if they avoid the All-Star Mile and, let's say, the Futurity and they go conservative, they can get into the Doncaster with probably 51 or 52 kilos. So – that is going to be a factor in their thinking because then next year they can start attacking all those weight for age races, whereas at the moment with these low handicap rating, they might say, oh, well, we'll go Doncaster and a couple other handicaps and then we'll have to go into the weight for age sphere. So see what happens, but they've been offered the All-Star Miles. So so the Doncaster is, a, is worth a lot more money than the All-Star Mile? No, similar, but the point being that in Doncaster it's a handicap. So right. All-Star Miles wait for age. So he, he'll he'll get in with such a lightweight in the Doncaster that might invite him to uh, to go that path. Yeah, well, who would be like the potential challengers? Let's say Mr. Brightside as a starting point. So he's, what, a plus four, plus five horse? Mm, okay, well, yeah, well, that would be a real test. Well, that's, <laughs> you might get a price then. But no, yeah, well, okay, Mr. Brightside, so he would be the competition. Okay, well... 
He's, he's got a little bit to travel yet, but he's trending <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> he's exciting. All right, so uh, speaking of Mr. Brightside, he's running this week in the or, or um, Stakes at Caulfield, 1,400. Yep. The Group 1s are back, so our preview podcasts are back. So if you want to get the preview podcast, go via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au. The two options there are to get the race speed profiles. If you're already a customer of Daily Sectionals and you have the race speed profiles for Caulfield, there will be an audio-only bonus top-up option there. So uh, hopefully we can steer you the right way and we'll We'll throw in a bonus race from Sydney, the Eskimo Prince, which is a good race for three-year-olds, and uh, and that'll be our sole Sydney race. But if you want the race speed profiles for Sydney, you do have to get that via daily sections. That'll be separate to that. Race nine of the program, Vince, Ray Magnero. Now, we, we do ask our, our uh, magnificent uh, members if they've got any questions here, and Darren's asked, what do we do with Ray Magnero? I've been potting for weeks. I don't want to believe. Cheers, Darren. So I'm going to say I was sort of similar thinking, well, maybe that was a sideways run. This might have been trading performance of the day here, Vince, because how long has this horse been in work? <laughs> yeah. well, he hasn't had a spell in his whole career, has he? No, well, they're very good at that, aren't they? Get that yeah, money rolling. I don't want to Griffiths the cock, but uh, when you get winners, who cares? So he started his career in July. He had two trials before, three trials beforehand. So this is his first prep. He's still racing at his best. Well, he is. And I guess you – well, I went looking for reasons why this horse – you know, can I justify the 0.7 above, right? Yeah. But that's. I went looking for it. And the reality is, is firstly, let's look at the breakdown of the run. Two lengths below benchmark through that first 300 metres. Super eight to the four, 4.7 above, and matched it over the last 400. A little bit of a slowdown, Ralphie, between the four and the two. So it just sort of gave me the insight that the 0.7 above, here's the interesting thing what I found was if you go back to that run at sale on the 29th of the 10th, yep, that was pretty – on the IVR – Adjusted figures is minus one, but on the matrix, it was indicating that race could have been as strong as 0.7 above, right? And therefore, there's the the little bit of clarity around that horse's capability that he sort of come out and pretty much matched that performance. So he's run to his absolute best. I think Jungle Jim and Scherzoff really racing each other. Uh, I think pretty pretty much off the top of my head, uh, both with apprentice jockeys. I think that really set it up because they were going to be vulnerable late under that circumstance. And uh, Town Boss was the favourite. He had for, he had first crack at him, but mate, Ray Magnero really rock hard fit. So for those who took took the shorts, I suppose there's two issues there, Vince, with Midtown Boss. I reckon that wouldn't have got Vince Cardi's money at, at that price, <laughs> the very too tight. But he's ran well. But second up after 212 days away from a big first up win, I suppose there's always going to be that little query of if there's flatness. In the end, he's probably improved his figure a little bit. Well, he has, definitely, Ralphie. And he's a horse that's also showing good potential, very lightly raced. I guess the big thing is, like, where are they aiming? Are they looking for more than 1,200-metre races or are they potentially going to go out to 1,400 this time in? What's your thoughts with his best? Well, right now, I just feel that if they stick rock solid at the moment around 1,200, that would be fantastic. But I can also make a case, if I go back to that sand down running back in 22, the way that horse finished was so strong. Of course, it wasn't off a fast pace, but the reality is I don't believe there would have been any impact even if that horse was going four or five lengths faster. But right now, from a... A betting point of view, I'd love to see this horse turn up over 1,200 metres and maybe then 
they could consider 14. Well, race eight was over 1,200 metres and the Vagrant was coming back in trip, 1,400 to 1,200. And oh, I reckon only about one degree of separation from you is uh, someone who would have been waving the Bo Merton's pom pom because this was a cracking ride. And this is how you ride Caulfield with the rail out nine metres. You've got to know that you're already in the best lanes to so stick as close to the fence as you can and cut every corner. Well, it's best ride of the day, Rolf, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. I'm surprised this rider doesn't get more rides. Like, I just don't get it because the his composure there was, you know, in my view, world-class. Have a look at it. It takes a, a little bit of courage when you're out the back, travelling 1.1 lengths below benchmark. That means you're giving everybody a head start. Sure, the super smart moves stick close to the fence. Very important off a fast pace. 2.4 lengths above was the lead speed. But then the confidence he obviously had in the horse between the 8 and the 4 to put him into the race was excellent. 4.3 length mid-race squeeze. And then he just let it rip. He got those couple of lanes out inside that last 250 metres off the fence, which obviously if you get a little bit wider, it's even faster. And he just put him away easily, Ralphie. Performance-wise, too, second best of the day. I actually don't feel Penhouse is a bad horse either. So this is um, probably potentially a very strong race. Road to Ataki, I probably expected a little bit more. But then when I looked at the performance of the race and the speed <laughs> that this horse had yeah. to travel at, I, I get it, like why there was such a big blowout late. And you know this horse is going to thrive on a little bit more distance. Well, 1400s are wheelhouse, but let, let's just, I'll just ask you this one because I reckon it's really good insight when people think that they're dealing with apples to apples. So, 2nd of September, she runs third to Benedetta. I mean, that's real form. And it was a group three race. That's why she got favourite. We get it. How much faster did she have to go first 800 metres? So, this is Caulfield 1200 on, on Saturday compared to that day at, uh, when, he, when she ran third at that group three level. Well, there you go. 1.6 versus four lengths below. That's five and a half lengths through the first section. And then what about the mid, Ralphie? Minus three that day it was travelling between the eight and the 400. Here, plus 4.2. So that's another 7.2 lengths. See, you're talking over a dozen lengths, two seconds faster. So first two thirds of the race. Faster first 800. So if you want to drop off her at Caulfield and do three weeks' time at 1400, it's all yours because I'll be with her. <laughs> That'll be her race. No doubt this horse is going to come on tremendously from that run. Uh, like I said, we uh, we always give our members, our magnificent members, a chance to uh, to ask us any questions involved from the racing. This is from Mark. Uh, pretty interested in yours and Vince's thoughts on the effort of Strawberry Boy and Star Vega in the first leg, which is race seven. The runner Strawberry Rock received big raps, and rightly so. I think the runner Star Vega was every bit of good. So I suppose by the, this is only obviously only a benchmark race, Vince, but by the prism of how the track was playing, it was hard to make ground, and it was pretty hard to ignore Strawberry Road in this stable again. Kieran Ma, this is an import, third third prep, and the one point being, which I think is important, he's had a lot of wet track form since he's been in Australia. Maybe this is a good sign that he, he might be at his new level now. Yeah, well, you coming out and saying Strawberry Road, are you saying this course could be as good as that? <laughs> oh, easily. Yeah, yeah, world class. Well, if it was, then that would be exciting. But the reality is, yeah, it was a really good run, Ralphie. 5.4 lengths below benchmark first section, 1.2 above between the eight and the four. Rock solid last 400 or plus five. And I would say there's a lot of merit in what you're saying, that this horse could be sensational on dry ground. But 
obviously, as this horse steps up further in distance, it's only going to become potentially a little bit of a weapon. British Columbia, I reckon that one's ready. First on forward in the prep, and what's the data shown? A bit of a mid-race slowdown it had to endure. So while people are going to look at the run-on horses, uh, and it was a, a disadvantage being back in the field, of course, with the rail at nine metres, it's had to endure a slowdown, British Columbia. Well, yes, Rolfie, and in excess of, well, just around that three-length mark. So it definitely impacted the horse. Overall, it's a horse, this is another horse that does have ability, and we mustn't ignore the winner either. I, I feel the first three horses across the line have all got some sort of ability, Ralphie. All right, the other highlight from Caulfield was Coleman. What we'll do with Coleman, Lady of Camelot, the uh, the two big uh, two-year-old winners on, on uh, Saturday as well as Prost, we'll do that as the members' bonus. So we'll focus on the two-year-olds for our Group 1 members. You get a bonus podcast today. We're going to go deep dive into Coleman, Lady of Camelot, and uh, and also Prost. So the two Rosehill races, the Caulfield race, if you're a member, you'll get the bonus podcast. We'll spend about 10 minutes on those and just give some real insight into what happened there. If you want to become a member, find my website, racetrackrelfie.com. You click through the links of your Group 1 member, you will get today's bonus. Now, Rose Hill, we said Jimmy Starr could be a star. Now, Cobason, what happened on Sunday, Vance? Well, Ralphie, I, I'll, I'll, firstly, I have to say, right, they're breaking track records, right? And all the feedback is, but they're not that, they don't look like they're going that fast, right? And I said, oh, maybe the distance is wrong or some, something's happened, right? So I'd gone out and Got past, you know, video clips from, you know, when the rails six versus true, looking all the virals. But I can say that distance obviously is 100% correct. And the performance against the clock versus the official was like right on point. So it didn't matter where I went. The bottom line was it was all real. And now the question was how fast was that track and what is the. I guess the overall impact going to be to sort of really put into check, like, what is this performance? Probably got a little bit of ex- excitement initially, Ralphie, because I thought, wow, this this horse here, he, he's just gone to a new level. Talk about Raws, plus 10.4, right? But let's yep. look at his breakdown. 4.2 was the figure I ended up with initially. I had it marked around 5.2. Went to the Matrix. The Matrix was sort of saying... It's a big stretch to go to that level. Somewhere closer to 4.2 is where this race sits when it looks at all the historicals. And here we are, 2.6 above first section. Good pace. 6.2 above between the 8 and the 4. Slow down between the 4 and the 2, Ralphie, at 2.3. And this is what initially why I felt the horse was in excess of 5. But ultimately, a lot of horses had the impact of a bit of a slowdown between the four and the two. So I, I brought that back a little bit. But what I can say is this, make no mistake, that's a very, very serious performance. And I don't know what they've got planned with this horse, but this horse has come back just a monster. Well, this is a benchmark 88. And just to put it in context, for those listening, you know, uh, trying to consume your, your data, 4.2, that wins most Goodwood handicaps is a, just a, for a, to pick a group one sprint off the top of my head. I mean, this is a really serious figure. Ralphie, it is really, really serious. And like I said, it's not one. Don't be sitting there in the future and saying to yourself, it's dismissive. Because if you on its worst day, that performance, like if I went 
like to the extreme opposite end in terms of track profiling, the horse couldn't produce a performance less than around 2.7 to, you know, to three range. It couldn't produce a performance less than that, no matter what. So I know that this horse is genuinely rock solid, somewhere between a plus three and plus five horse right now. I just, the trainer, right? I, I, do you know much about this no, trainer? I, I don't, I don't. I, guess I can't give yeah. an opinion either way. Yeah, so I guess these are all the little characteristics I'm trying to understand myself. But wow, the, this horse is, you know, like has to be highly respected. Where are they going to go? Well, I, I think there could be some uh, uh, high prize money provincial races going about. Really? Uh, yes. So as in, you know, if you're provincially trained, uh, here, here we go. Uh, Daniel, one of our great supporters, has, uh, has ridden stable post-race talking about pro- provincial midway championship. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that would usually be one, <laughs> I reckon, a, a benchmark performance. So there you go, too. Well, if it's if it's going for any of those races, Ralphie, and yeah. there's early, early markets, you should be taking it because this horse should be starting odds on in a race like that, and I haven't even seen the field. How much did he improve overall? And I'll just uh, before you add to that, just via the, this prism, but the late Dean Lester, when we used to work with him on Carnival, always used to say, you know, yeah, slow slow races can, can hide things, but fast races can't. And so, what type of elevation did he make because the leader Dipsy Doodle just went such an insane first eight hundred meters? You got to see what it could do. Well, this is true, and realistically, the horse has sort of taken a step of around four lengths. Yeah, well. from one prep to, but see again, Ralphie. It's not unrealistic, right? Yep. When you get a horse such lightly raced, and one of the the key things is that Dallart is absolutely a perfect horse who is a genuine benchmark type of horse, right? To yep. give you further insight on how good this horse could potentially be. I'm just, well, Ralphie, I have no doubt if it was on a trainer that was known, oh, yep. my goodness, what would they do with a horse like this? So I'm hoping this trainer, who may not have a lot of horses, I don't know, I'd have to do some investigating, but the reality is that they've got a, an, I reckon they've got an elite horse. Lovely. Uh, Daniel's also asked, so we may as well keep this going, from race four, uh, Lady Laguna. Now, this is a horse we've had a bit of fun with, Vince. We put a nice big stamp on her at, uh, when she started off her campaign and she went to Queensland, got the money there. Can you please ask Vince tomorrow his thoughts on Lady Laguna stepping out to 1,500? I believe the Coolmore is going to be her target. That's what you think Oh, there. right. The mm. Coolmore. Well, so what did you firstly, know, I firstly, what did she do on Saturday and then what projection could you have to run 1,500? Because certainly uh, the further she's gone is 1,300 in that Gold Coast win. Well, I guess we've got to start like this. The horse gone into that race airborne. Yep. The stable have um, absolutely got this horse on fire. But let's look at the structure. 4.5 lengths below benchmark first section, plus 4.3 between the 8 and the 4. Unbelievable last 400 of 8.4 above. Even if I tamper with, you know, how much you want to water down that last three or four hundred meters in terms of track speed, no matter what, it all sort of indicates big, like very big. All the all the intel says not a problem getting the fifteen hundred. In fact, should thrive on it. 
Nice. All right. So I'll keep an eye on that for, for those who want to play the futures. And maybe to round off uh, Sydney, let, I'll ask about race eight because the same owners as Jimmy Starr had salt coats. I thought this was a beautiful return. And uh, given it's only benchmark 78 and you've got a good marker and infatuation who's rock hard fit and racing so well, it'll be winning races this time in. Well, it's really weird. Both the winner and the second horse got into the top 10, and they were both below benchmark overall performances. So I find that really interesting. But the reality is this. When I look at the structure of the race, going, they're going like well, the winner was going three and a half lengths below benchmark, pretty much controlling the speed at a cru- very much a cruising pace. Put the pressure on between the eight and the 400 metres, and I guess from that point on, anybody that's more than a couple of lengths from the leader is always going to have big challenges to sort of reel in the winner. And the reality was this is probably why that horse got victory. But both horses, the first and second horse, I felt that they ran superbly. Could they have broken benchmark? Easily they could have just go a length fast and they break benchmark. All right, so if you want those horses to follow, and Vince's IVR reports, you can get that via Sizzlers, uh, now out for February. Uh, if you've already got it, uh, you've already been sent the information, but like I said, if you want to get the Sizzlers preview podcast or even become a member via my website, racetrackgolfie.com.au, and uh, all of Vince Accardi's work is via dailysectionals.com.au. We're going to be doing the preview podcast this Friday. We're shortly going to have a good look at the two-year-olds, as mentioned, and uh, can't wait for next Monday when we can... Uh, uh, break down the first group one of the season, the CF4 stakes. Thanks so much for listening to Year Round Carnival. <laughs>